Welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. And it is game week. Hopefully you enjoyed the scary and Barry Alvarez interview to end last week. But this week it is uh, time to focus on some real live Big Ten football. So not only will you have two episodes, we're actually going to have three for you this week. And we'll give you a little rundown here today. We're going to talk about uh, everything in terms of the Badgers happened up until essentially today with the depth chart. We're going to go through that, see if there's any big surprises. We'll talk about Paul Chris' uh, media presser, which is actually on Sunday. Normally it's on Monday, but with the game on Friday, everything's kind of being pushed forward. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some other news. The depth chart should be uh, a moderately short episode, maybe 30 minutes, and then that'll take us into our second episode of the week, which will be our Illinois preview. Normally, again, we would have that out. Um, you know, the, the preview with uh, the Champagne Room, uh, the Illinois SB Nation site, um, they'll come on to give us a breakdown of the fighting Illini. Normally, like I said, that'd be out on Thursday for Saturday, but we're going to have it out on Wednesday with the Friday game. And then on Friday, um, you know, we'll have a Big Ten preview breakdown, probably less Badger-focused, more just conference in general, uh, predictions, things like that before Saturday. And we've got a special guest that we're going to have on for that um, in pick six previews, you guys might have seen him. He does some excellent uh, previews on college football, puts out a big uh, magazine type thing every season, which is always very informative. If you haven't checked it out already, um, I'm sure after the episode on Friday, you'll want to go check it out because it's a handy resource, whether you're just a college football fan and like reading up on those things. You know, I know uh, his his magazine is great. And like the Athlon magazine is another one. It's kind of similar publications. Uh, I know Matt and I have both uh, been Athlon readers for a while, so. Um, but it's very informative whether you're just a college football fan or if you're better, uh, you know, a sports better like myself. It's it's good for that. So both of them do a great job. But he'll be on uh, for our Friday episode to just give a conference breakdown, kind of give his thoughts, and um, we'll do our predictions as well on there. So today is all Badger focused. Wednesday will be Illinois preview. Friday will be Big Ten preview. You got plenty of listen to uh, before games kick off Friday night and Saturday uh, afternoon into the evening. The Big Ten is back, and as you can tell, there's excitement in my voice. And Matt, how are you doing today? Oh, excitement's just flowing through my ve- veins, man. It is game week. This is uh, we're back. We actually can see the light at the end of the tunnel that we're going to have a game on. I'm I'm pumped. I'm excited. Uh, how was your weekend? It was great, other than the uh, we were just talking about it, the abysmal Packer game. I think the excitement of having the Badgers back this Friday kind of allowed me to move past that Packer game earlier than uh, some people, but uh, that was pretty ugly. But it, overall, it was a good weekend. I had the, the family all came over to watch the game. So despite the game being uh, tough to watch, it was it was nice to get some family time. And now uh, we, we start this Monday with uh, game week. So I'm excited to uh, to get into it. I think all of the episodes this week you guys will really enjoy. And, you know, like we've said the last few weeks, it's it's so much nicer to be talking uh, football and, and not COVID and everything like that. Of course, it's still a thing. 
you still need to be safe out there. But uh, now we can we can talk about Big Ten football. We can talk about Badger football, and and that's at the end of the day what we want to discuss. So uh, without further ado, do you want to get right into the news? Let's do this, dude. Here's what's happening. All right. So despite not playing a snap, the Badgers actually come in. Uh, in pretty good shape in both of the polls for this season, uh, sitting number 14 as they head into this weekend. So finally some game action where they'll be able to judge these Big Ten teams. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of shakeup in the polls this past weekend. Um, there were some games that, uh, that that really changed things around. You know, North Carolina going down as uh, a top-five team. I don't know if they were really a top-five team, but uh, they fell, uh, and, and the rankings have kind of been going crazy. I mean, not a lot of undefeated teams left of the teams that have played, so now the Big Ten comes in uh, uh, in good shape, uh, essentially, for where they're at. Uh, of course, you've got to come in and take care of business and hopefully play a full schedule, but right now I think uh, Big Ten teams are sitting pretty as they enter into their week one. So what do you make of the rankings? Happy with it? I think most Badger fans at 14 are probably expecting that and, and good with it, but what do you think of uh, their rankings in the polls as we head into uh, game week? Yeah, I mean, it sounds about right. The Badgers generally are in the teens to start off the season unless they have uh, a lot of returning pieces. They have some, some nice pieces returning, but at the same time, there's still a lot of turnover, so it makes a lot of sense that the Badgers would be 14, especially given the fact that they have not yet played a game, well, as they are the rankings, both the coaches poll and AP poll, are kind of rewarding those folks who have played games. You look at Georgia, for example, they, they lost by uh, three scores, and they still uh, – remained in the top four so it, it in ahead of Ohio State so it tells you just how much they are leaning on hey we've seen these teams and we're gonna we're gonna run with them so I think really there's not much to take from it but it's a good launching off point for the Badgers yeah I think 14 you know it's it's kind of a cliche with Badger fans that they don't want to be too high and they they don't want to be too low so 14 is probably a little bit on the higher side of what uh what we're used to I think usually if you if you bookmark the Badgers for an average ranking, it's probably you know 17, 18, and then uh, they jump up pretty quick. But I'll, I'll gladly take 14 as they enter into this weekend. I mean, there's a lot of teams in front of them that I, I don't see. Of course, I think everything in college football this year, especially so far, is going to work itself out. But uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they rate these Big Ten teams. I mean, you've got... You know, other teams in the conference, like Penn State, is, is eight right now. You know, they haven't played a game, but they're ahead of some of these other teams that uh, have played games. You've got Ohio State at, at, in a top-five team, and I think they are a top-five team. But there's going to be that argument all season of, of where teams, uh, you know, in terms of where they're at in the schedule and how they're ranking. But I, I think, thankfully, right now, there is a path for at least the Big Ten to – have everything get worked out, and if they take care of business, they'll be up there. I know there's Pac-12 teams now in the rankings, um, and they don't start for a little while longer. might make it a little bit more interesting, but uh, I think overall the Big Ten is, is in a really good spot with, with some other conferences kind of tripping over themselves and, and some having some troubles. So uh, it's going to get weird. It's going to get even weirder now that more conferences are getting worked in, but uh, I think I think in 2020 and, and with this college football season, you've just got to embrace the chaos, and, and we'll see – We'll see what happens uh, as we go on. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then on Sunday you talked about that Chris Tedda's availability. Um, there wasn't too much that he had to actually say. You know, a lot of the questions were around Jack Cohn being being on the sidelines and talking about how he's significant in, in the running game, basically saying that he likes what they have, but they have to put together the puzzle 
Um, but but really, I think the, the thing that just continues to jump out is is Nick Herbig. That he's been talked about in every single one of these pressers, and a lot of times it's uh, without invitation. Like that, coaches and players are bringing his name up without. Uh, being asked about him, and I think that's that's usually a great sign that the Badgers have a, a significant gem here on their hands, and I know we'll talk about that later, but that was the, the big thing that jumped out from what Chris had to say. Yeah, he was he was kind of his normal self uh, in the presser. He was uh, the, the cliche, thankful to be here, um, was, was, was out, and, and that always makes me chuckle. I think he's got a, a few lines of buzzwords that he always tries to hit, I, but I like that he talked about the running game a little bit. I think uh, despite – I think most Badger fans know the answers to that as we get closer to week one of what it will look like in the running game. But it's still you have to replace Taylor, and people are going to ask about that. And then, of course, yeah, the conversation was, was on Nick Herbig, and rightfully so. It sounds like he's been a, a beast and, uh, and, and really shown what he, can, what he can do. I mean, he's we'll talk about it in the depth chart, but he's up there. He's going to be out there on Friday night. It's not a matter of – Oh, he's, is he impressive? Will we see him? You know, he's going to be a guy that is in there um, and making plays as a you know a freshman early on in his career. You know, this opening game, he's going to be out there and, and doing some things. So I think all of that was impressive. You know, I, I think I know Nick Herbig and Chimray DK have kind of been the storylines of, of everything, but it's it's getting closer to football, and I think uh, as we get into the things, we'll we'll get more answers from uh, some of the questions that we've had around this team as we go forward. Yeah, and then. Uh... Garrett Groshek and Eric Burrell also spoke. Um, not anything, you know, crazy in terms of what they had to say, but um, some more praise for Tim Ray DK and Nick Herbig. But um, then Groshek also mentioned that Mason Stocky has been taking some reps at running back, um, just in case they're shorthanded, will Matt Bernstein ask. Um, we'll see if, if uh, Stocky's called to do that. He was a good running back at um, Menominee, but – I think that's maybe just more of uh, maybe short short yardage. Maybe they feel comfortable with him in that. Maybe they're just trying to make sure that they have extra bodies. But um, did you think of anything from that, any worries about it, just because obviously they've got this huge stable of backs. Um, if you're then like, oh, yeah, we've got to make sure we're getting fullback carries at running back as well, that's not generally always a great thing. <laughs> yeah, when I saw that, that was kind of my thinking as well. I was kind of like, well, We've got this running back by committee approach with a lot of guys that seem talented, and uh, you know maybe we maybe we have to just trust the coaching staff on that. You know when you've got Alec Ingold, he had a great season in terms of his carries, his final two years. But uh, I, I I'm hoping that uh, the the carries are distributed between that stable of running backs, and maybe they've got a certain game plan that they go to Mason Stocky on those. And like you said, he he was great running back in high school and. He's a physical guy, so maybe it'll work well in, in short yardage. But I'm hoping that it's a, a select package, we'll say, for, for running the fullback and not getting too crazy with it because I think there's a lot of guys that you want to have uh, the, the football in their hands in Groshek and Watson and, and maybe even Jalen Berger and, and some of those guys. So I'm excited to see how the running back will look, will room will look uh, especially after Friday, you know, I think that's going to be one thing to pay attention to is is how the carries are split out, and of course, uh, the pace of the game and everything will dictate that. But there's going to be one guy that that gets more carries than others, and I'm sure if it's somebody that we didn't expect, we'll we'll react to it, and and maybe it'll work itself out. But maybe some guy will make an impression. So how the carries get split up uh, on Friday night is is going to be an interesting thing to watch. 
All right. Well, I think you got anything else from the the pressers. Otherwise, I think we are we're good on that. I know there was some videos out of Graham Mertz reading through our post, uh, slinging it around, which is always exciting. But I think that kind of covers everything on the news front. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, the only other thing was just that Eric Burrell was really high on Leo Chanel and what he's been doing in practice. But that's that's uh, we all kind of knew that Leo Chanel was a physical freak already. So that was nothing. Uh, shattering <laughs> no big surprises on that one so all right that wraps up our news guys so we'll go ahead we'll get our ad reads out of the way on this episode and then we're going to go through the depth chart we'll talk kind of position by position go run through some of course will be quicker than others some will show some surprises but we'll get into that and then we'll wrap up our first episode of the week Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, so the depth chart was released as we get closer and closer to game uh, night on Friday night uh, against the Fighting Illini of Illinois. So we've got the uh, depth chart. We'll start at the top because I think that one's no surprise. Quarterback, uh, the, the depth chart has, of course, Graham Mertz and Chase Wolf as your backup starter and Danny Vandenboom as your three. No real surprises there, but uh, excited to get the, the Graham Mertz experience underway. You got anything to add on that one? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a surprise when you consider that everybody thought it was going to be cone the cone zone all year long. But um, now that it's been a few weeks since the injury, I, I, I'm just – I, for one, am extremely excited for this year because there is so much unknown. The Badgers working in a running back rotation that's really kind of up in the air. You've got a brand-new quarterback. Um, the offense, according to a lot of uh, a lot of video that we've been watching, has been looked a little bit different than um, how it traditionally has. Uh, so I think there's a lot to be excited about, and there's a lot up in the air, which which leads to you know possibly a higher ceiling, but it also makes it so that obviously things could fall apart a little bit more too. So I think the uncertainty makes this a very intriguing season, and I think a big reason for that is is that it's merch season. Yeah, it's it's intriguing, it's exciting, and I think, uh, of course, you. I think everyone wanted to see Jack Cohn ha- have a good season and, and end his career going out on top, and who knows what it'll be um, going forward. We hope that he can come back and, and be a part of the team in that front, but it sounds like he's making a big impact even when he's not out there of being a leader. You know, he's the senior quarterback. He's still going to be a guy that can be, you know, in kind of in Graham Merch's ear and be, a, a you know, another pair of eyes on the sideline. So uh, it's it's important to remember that his impact will still be there in, in some capacity. And then uh, now it's, it's Graham Mertz's time to go um, at the quarterback position. And uh, like I said earlier, we're watching uh, the videos that have kind of been put out of practice. He looks ready to go and he's slinging it around. So uh, it's unfortunate circumstances the way it happened, but uh, I think you've got to be excited to see what he's going to bring uh, to that QB one spot on Friday night. Yeah. He throws a pretty ball. <laughs> that he does. It's it's looking real nice uh, on some of those videos. So we'll go uh, on to the running back position now. Now this one I, I think was kind of interesting um, because Wisconsin always does the designation of the oars. And uh, as the number one, 
it put Garrett Groshek or Nakia Watson. So I'm interested to see, again, we, we I just talked about how the carries are split up. I think you're going to see more run from Groshek overall this season, but uh, I'm I'm wondering who's going to be kind of the first guy that takes um, the main handoff Friday night. But I, I think right now they're keeping it close to the vest and saying it could be either one. You know, that designated or is a Wisconsin specialty, and uh, you saw it right away at the running back depth chart. Yeah, I think I think both of those guys are going to get a lot of carries. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Garrett Groshek is your leading carrier, uh, even on the season potentially, based off of kind of what we've seen in practice, the the amount of shotgun and pistol use that they've been doing. Uh, Groshek brings a lot to the table in that aspect because he is a, a really good blocker, good pass catcher out of the backfield as well. Um, it, it kind of opens up some of that. So I think that's uh, going to be exciting to see. But I do think that Watson get, earning the or with Groshek is uh, in intriguing, but I think right now I'm more intrigued to see what happens behind them and how much a guy like Isaiah Gren- Isaac Garendo gets in, as well as maybe does Jalen Berger get some carries with the ones um, on Friday as well. So I think that's where my lens is and my focus is actually what's behind them, but I'm I'm excited to also see maybe what Nikia Watson can do as the um, one of the quote-unquote starters. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll be uh, the intriguing thing to see how you work out. You know what you have kind of in both of them, especially Garrett Groshek. You know what you got and, and what he can do. And maybe he takes on a bigger role, but then the guys, you know, Nakia Watson, if he can have a bigger year than what he had last year, you know, everyone kind of talked about it later in the season. He wasn't getting as much run last year. So to hopefully have him have a bigger season would be, would be huge. And then uh, behind him, you know, when Garendo gets worked in, how many carries does he get? Does he make a splash, or does Jalen Berger get in there? I think he's going to get in there um, at some point and, and get some carries, and who knows, maybe he could be a guy that, as the season rolls on, takes on a bigger role. But, but right now you've got two guys that you can really rely on, and then you can work those other guys in there, which I think is a good plan, especially when you've got you know a, a new quarterback, inexperienced quarterback, if you've got running backs that know the system and know what they're doing to lean on early in the season. Um, I think that'll be important. Especially on passing downs and mm-hmm. especially when you are looking to pass or give the illusion that you're going to pass, having Groshek in there uh, as a pass blocker I think is going to be needed because he can help out Mertz with reading the the where the blocks are coming as well. And that's that's big because Groshek was a high school quarterback as and he been back there with multiple quarterbacks here uh, for the past three seasons. So he brings a really good base of experience to be able to help with those protection calls as well to help out Mertz. So I think we'll see a lot of, of Groshek this year. Yeah, I would agree. It'll be fun to see uh, starting Friday night uh, how those uh, guys work out the running back room. All right, the next one, fullback. We kind of talked about it a little bit already. No real surprises there. Mason Stocky, the one. John Chanel, the two. Uh, probably get some run with both of them at some point, but it, it sounds like Stocky could get a little bit bigger role um, from what everything that's said in the media. Yeah, I think that's pretty chalk. We, that's what we expected. That's what we saw last year. So I think Stocky will have a bigger role, but really that that wasn't anything surprising. All right, that'll transition us right over to the skill positions here. Wide receiver, uh, Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor are listed as your number ones. Jack Dunn and Adam Crumholds kind of as your twos. You know, I don't. You know, reading into the wide receiver depth chart is always a little bit misleading because you're going to have certain guys in certain spots. Um, I'm be interested to see the first time. Really, the first time there's a three receiver set is I'm going to be 
looking around and seeing what they've got. That'll be the, the intriguing one. I think you're going to have Davis at one of the outsides, of course, prior in the slots in the slot. Uh, Dunn's probably your backup slot guy, and then maybe Crumholes kind of gets worked into that third receiver position. And then, of course, you know, all the talk's been about Jim Ray DK, so he may not be, um, you know, as your one-two there, but he's going to be a guy that's in there on Friday night getting some touches. There's no reason to get that excited about him if you're not going to run him on Friday night, and I think you're going to see plenty of him. So I think that's probably your five that you'll see worked in um, over the course of Friday night, and not really any big surprises. I think that's kind of what we expected, uh, especially last week as, as more info started to come out. Yeah, for sure. I think when there's actual passing downs and they're really needing to pick up a first down, I'm guessing that you'll see Danny Davis, Pryor, Krumholtz, and DK as the primary guys. I think Jack Dunn is usually used as a blocker or a decoy um, oftentimes. So I think Gunn will definitely see the field, but I really think that Krumholtz is probably your three, and um, you could almost put an or between Jack Dunn and Tim Ray DK just based off of the situations that those two are going to probably split more time, but that Krumholtz is probably the guy who could have a decent year if they uh, if he is able to make plays out there. Yeah, he could be a guy that really shines in his senior season. You know, he's going to big special teams player, but to have him maybe work in the rotation and, and have a solid season would be exciting to see for Badger fans out there that have followed kind of his story and, and what he's done. You know, He's been a big part of the Madison community off the field, so if he could have a solid senior season to, to end his career would be uh, would be uh, nice to see for sure. And then Jim uh, Radika can hopefully get in there and, and get his feet wet. I think he'll get more than that. I think he'll be more than dipping his toes in, but it'll be exciting to see how that wide receiver room shakes out. So. The next one, uh, tight end. Again, not really a ton of surprises here. Jake Ferguson is, of course, your clear-cut starter. Hayden Rucci looks like he's going to be the quote-unquote backup, more of your blocking tight end. You know, It sounds like he's been a, a beast in practice, throwing guys around, uh, incredibly strong kid. So both of them will probably be out there together um, a lot of times this season. Uh, but I think what happens behind those two is going to be the more interesting uh, kind of part of it. You know, you've got uh, Ferguson's kind of your pass catcher, Rucci kind of your blocker, but who who maybe gets run as that third tight end because Wisconsin will go to three at some point. Um, you know, they like to get a lot of those guys out there. So who goes behind those two is going to be interesting to watch for. But I, I think the top two are pretty set in stone right now. Yeah, and, and really they balance each other well. Uh, Ferguson's a really good pass catcher, gotten a lot better as a blocker. But then Rucci is, is definitely uh, – more of an inline guy, more of a blocker, and I think he uh, has made some nice waves, and it's great to see him healthy. I, I expect those two to do well, and I think that's really nice because it sets up that Cormac Sampson can also round up the two deep at center so that they can move mm-hmm. him back to the offensive line where I think he has a nice future. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a, a really good point for that tight end room, and we'll see how the rest of that breaks down. As we go into um, our offensive line, which I think if there was positions that kind of surprise a little bit, it would be where um, or, or impactful would be, you know, kind of be on the offensive line to see how that shook out. Uh, we'll start at left tackle, of course. You've got Cole Van Lannon as your starter left tackle. But I, I, I think the big thing to note from that is that Logan Brown is your backup. Um, so kind of getting him ready to uh, take on that left tackle position of, of the future of course, a five-star recruit, so highly regarded, and to have him locking down the left tackle, um, essentially after Van Landen leaves, will be important because I think uh, we, everyone is kind of interested to see where he would line up. 
and for him to be ready to maybe take that position on, you know, next year will be uh, exciting to see. So any surprises there? No, I think that was that's big for Logan Brown. That means that he is making making some nice strides after missing a lot of last year due to um, health stuff. So I'm I'm excited for him. I think that's big. I, I honestly, if Cole Van Lannen goes down, I I doubt that they send out Logan Brown, but rather it'd be probably Tyler Beach or Logan Bruss over there um, just because they have two guys who can play tackle position. But at the same time, to have him in the two deep, to have, that means he is making strides, and that's usually an indication that they want him there uh, the following season and that they're extremely high on him. Yeah, uh, that was exciting to see for sure as we, you know, like we've talked about it before, we pay attention to these recruits. Um, you know, as they're juniors and seniors in high school, so to see them, you know, moving up on the depth chart is cool to see. And next year he'll have a big role at that left tackle position. So uh, moving in line, left guard. This is actually one that I kind of found surprising. Josh Seltzer will be your one. Michael Furtner, your two. Um, it, it sounded like if there was maybe an odd man out with the return of John Deason, it could be a Josh Seltzer, but it doesn't sound like that's the case. He's your left uh, guard. Um, which, I, like I said, I think it was a little bit of a surprise, but he must have had a, a pretty strong camp to you know, retain, retain that spot. Good player. There's a lot of good players on those Wisconsin offensive lines, so to see him in there was, was kind of a surprise, but uh, it just must have meant that he earned it in practice, and he's going to be out there Friday night. Yeah, I mean, we I kind of assumed that he would be the odd man out just based mm-hmm. off of everything we would had been hearing with John Dietzen, that he was probably going to earn a starting spot because – the talk was that Logan Bruss and Tyler Beach were probably going to be on the right side going into camp, but uh, the or designation for Bruss and Beach over at right tackle means that essentially Josh Delsner is one of your best five, and Rudy will always go ahead and put his best five out there. So um, kudos to him. Buffalo had literally one of the strongest guys in the team, one of the biggest, um, you know, at three, almost 330 pounds. So, I think that's definitely a positive for for the offensive line because that means that he has really pushed his game because we know what Logan Bruss can do. We've seen Tyler Beach a ton as well. He started a lot last year at that left guard spot, but I think him kind of locking down that position is is a is a positive sign for the offensive line. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great way to put it. So we'll move in next. Another positive here at the center uh, position, they've got Caden Lyles listed as the starter, and I don't think that was ever in doubt um, in, in terms of talent or, or anything like that. But there were there were definitely questions. You know, him coming back from injury, is he going to be ready to go um, for the opener? You know, it sounds like Cormac Sampson was you know uh, an able and ready uh, player to be that backup center, but. He still was transitioning kind of back to the offensive line. Caden Lyles is a really good player. You want him at the center position. Um, as as a new center, you want a guy that's kind of been familiar with the position without Biadish in there. Um, so good to see that he's listed as the number one. I think they've got a viable backup in Samson, but it's nice to see that Lyles is ready to go um, for this week one opener. Yeah, I think I think that's that's big because he is the guy that they wanted at center. Um, Samson, I still still think needs to add a little weight, um, but at the same time, Lyles is is a guy that they've been extremely high on for a long time. So to have him now healthy and at center, which is where they've really wanted him for some time, I think that's that's big. All right, next up. A uh, right guard position again. This one's kind of a surprise, not yeah, of recent note, but John Deetson looks like he's going to be your starter. Joe Tipman, your backup. John Deetson, of course, coming back uh, for the sixth season, battling through injuries. Sounds like he's had a great camp. 
Um, he's got the nice flow going, so he looks like he's ready to go at that right guard position, which gives, again, the Badgers some depth. So any surprises there at right guard other than, you know, seeing Dietzen's name up there? I, I think that's that's not really a surprise. I mean, I mm-hmm. kind of assumed that he'd be a left guard because that's where he played primarily, that and left and the left tackle role. But but I think it's big. I think he is just has such a good um, amount of games under his belt that he's a solid leader. And, and the dude is just a tank. He's so strong. He's so big and, and moves well for his size because he's a good athlete. So I think him at right guard is is definitely big. I do agree. This is similar to Logan Brown where Tittman is probably not the guy who's going to go in if, if Dietzen goes down. Rather, they would fly Bruss down to guard and put Beach at right tackle. But but at the same time, it's good for to see Joe Tittman, another four-star kid out of that 2019 class, um, finding his way into the two-deep as well because he is another player that the Badgers staff has talked and raved about at times. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see how that uh, offensive line shakes out. And, and if there is, hopefully not in an injury, but you know, guys get banged up in the offensive line, so it'll be interesting to see how they move that around. And that transitions us well to the right tackle position because it's our next or of, of the season. Logan Bruss, who was kind of your, mostly your starter last year, um, and it's him or Tyler Beach. I know there was talk about uh, maybe sliding Bruss around um, to allow Beach and both of them to get in there, and it could be possible at some point, but for uh, Friday night, Logan Bruss is probably going to be the guy that's taking the first snaps out there, and if everything clicks, I would have to imagine he'll be the guy that is out there at that right tackle position. Yeah, I would I would expect that him and Beach will rotate probably a little bit. Maybe uh, Bruss is a little banged up uh, is, is a possibility here. Mm-hmm. I, I do know that the Badgers you know, like what they see in Logan Bruss, but they've also been high on Tyler Beach. I think Bruss has played really well when he's seen the field the last two seasons. So I was a little a little uh, surprised to see that or designation between the two of them. But I think, once again, this is a positive thing because the competition uh, along that offensive line to fit in their best five means that, you know, Tyler Beach and Logan Bruss, two guys you've seen a ton of, are sharing that right tackle spot. That usually means that the other four spots are, are in good hands. All right, I think that rounds out the offensive line nicely, so we'll flip over to the defensive line here and go front to back. Uh, defensive end, um, the two starters, we'll do it, uh, you know, they've, we've got it kind of by position, but uh, your starters are Isaiah Loudermilk and Isaiah Mullins, um, or sorry, excuse me, <laughs> Isaiah Loudermilk and Garrett Rand, um, and then your backups are Isaiah Mullins and then the designation of Rand or Henningsen. So you're going to see um, you know, rotating in there, I think you're going to have Loudermilk and Rand as your starters, and then Henningsen's going to be your backup, um, you know, at, at one of those two spots. I think if there was something where Rand or Loudermilk were getting a blow, Henningsen's going to be in there um, for one of those guys, and then Mullins would be in there if you needed a second one. But uh, no surprises, really, at defensive end. Uh, I think it's nice to see Matt Henningsen get that aura designation where maybe he'll get more snaps than we, we originally thought, but to have depth and to be able to rotate those guys at the defensive end position is going to be uh, super important for the Badgers. Yeah, I, I just read that as they they believe the most in Isaiah Loudermilk, and he's their firm, uh, you know, he's always going to be on the field at the end as much as possible. And last year, Rand and Henningsen flip-flopped who was starting all the time, and they both played a lot of snaps. So I think that rotation of three are going to be your main defensive ends, and then Isaiah Mullins is just essentially your fourth guy. So I think that's that's no surprise really uh, in in that area. 
All right, at the nose tackle position, again, not really a ton of surprise here. Keanu Benton is your starter. Um, was probably getting some push from Bryson Williams. I think you'll get some rotation um, for both of those, as both guys have been kind of banged up um, over the course of the past uh, year plus. So uh, to have both of them ready to go for Friday night will be huge because you can get um, some fresh bodies in there at that nose tackle position. But any surprises there? No, not really. I, I think that that's kind of what we'd expected. I expect a big year out of out of him. So I, I'm not uh, too ex- excited or, um, you know, put at pause by that. All right, that'll move us back here. Outside linebacker, I think this is where, of course, not really a surprise from everything we've heard, but the first outside linebacker position has Isaiah Greenway as uh, the starter or Nick Herbig. So kind of rare for a true freshman to be, you know, having a starting spot, especially early on. Um, but it sounds like Nick Herbig is really impressive in practice. And, you know, Isaiah Greenway, we've, we've kind of talked about it before. We need to see it from him on the field. He's got the tools. Um, it sounds like he's gained some weight to to get bigger and and be more impactful there, but you got to see it. And, and Nick Herbig is closely chasing at his heels, so I thought we'd see Herbig listed as one of the backups, but he's listed as an or, so he's going to be out there a lot on Friday night, I think. Yeah, I think that definitely means he's probably uh, one of your top three outside linebackers, and it'll it'll definitely be called upon in pass rushing situations. Um, he he just reminds me so much when you're watching on film of Jack Sitchie. Both about 6'2". Um, Herbig's a little lighter right now, but which makes sense considering he's a true freshman. But but I, I I think the hype train is is firmly rolling down the tracks for Nick Herbig, and I'm excited to see what he can he can do on Friday night and this season. But I'm still high on Isaiah Green May as well, so I'm I think that battle will will eventually flush itself out as the season goes on because I don't anticipate anybody taking taking Noah Burke's spot barring injury. So I think just really seeing the both of those guys on the field and and having that rotation is going to be big to keep them both fresh, but also to get back both of them because Nick Herbig, true freshman, very rarely are, are getting a, a or designation or a starting spot uh, for the Badgers. Yeah, most definitely. It'll be interesting to see what he can bring on Friday night. I think if there's things you're watching for, it's it's definitely him out there in, in some capacity on Friday night. So uh, inside linebacker, not really any surprises here. Jack Sanborn and Leah Chanel are listed as your starters. Mikey Mascalunas will probably get in there um, some rotation as essentially your third inside linebacker. And uh, I think behind them is, is probably where the question marks start to arise. But for Friday night, if you can work in with, with those three kind of getting some snaps, I think you'd be in, in pretty good shape. Yeah, I think I think that's, like you said, um, after Masculinus is where the mm-hmm. questions are still there. Usually you would think you'd have a different uh, guy at inside linebacker to, to be marked as that fourth guy, which probably means that they're really high on the three they've got, but not necessarily sold yet or totally comfortable with one of those guys behind. The Badgers release their depth chart each week, so that'll probably change as the season goes on. One of those freshmen, whether it's Mubajong Meta, whether it's um, you know Preston Zachman, who's kind of playing inside and outside, or if it's Malik Reed, Jordan Turner, one of those guys is probably going to emerge as your fourth. They're just not going ahead and saying who it is right now, um, but I would I would anticipate they're going to try to get those guys on the field this year to kind of see what they've got. 
Yeah, that that fourth inside linebacker designation will be uh, interesting to watch as the season rolls on. Like you said, this isn't a permanent depth chart. You know, it's it's going to change uh, quite a bit throughout this uh, nine-game stretch. So uh, who gets that maybe uh, next spot will be important to watch for in, in terms of the future of the position and, uh, you know, in case something happens with one of those top three. But it sounds like they're really sold on those guys to start. And then uh, well, that'll slide us over. To our other outside linebacker position, no surprise here with, with Noah Burks getting your starting spot. CJ Getz, Getz is listed as your backup. I, I don't necessarily know if you can read much into that because I think the or designation with Nick Herbig kind of puts him as those are your top three and, and they're going to go from there if they have to. So no big surprises at outside linebacker, but uh, definitely something to pay attention to. Yeah, I think – uh, Spencer Lytle not being in the top four mm-hmm. is, yep. is noteworthy, but really I think Getz has been a guy that the Badgers have really been hyping hyping up a lot, um, kind of under the radar this this uh, spring and summer. So I think him making that, he's he's follows very closely to what happened with Noah Burks or a guy like Garrett Dooley, um, mm-hmm. where uh, kind of bounced between positions, um, inside linebacker, defensive end, and but then eventually finds a spot almost the spitting an image of Noah Burks in terms of size at 6'3", 240. So he's a little bit bigger guy, but he, he I remember in practice, he gets to the quarterback and he's he's quick for, for his size. So I think him in the in the two deep is 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 pretty big. And uh, to kind of see his progression as the years have gone by has been uh, nice to see because he was a big-time recruit out of the state that the Badgers were excited to get. And I think now to see him – um, be ready and to kind of put himself in position to see the field is is fun. All right, that'll move us to the cornerback position where maybe some surprise, maybe not much to read into here, but Rashad Wild Goose listed as one of the starters with Dante Burton as the backup. And then at the other cornerback spot, Caesar Williams or Fayon Hicks, you know, two guys that you presume to be the starters and, and kind of will be depending on the, the position that they're in. But um Williams will be out there, Hicks will be out there, Wild Goose will be out there, all kind of at the same time. But interesting to see that uh, or designation for one of those guys because it's essentially three different cornerback spots that get that gets a starter in my mind. But it's it's not way you, you know you can't really list it that way. But definitely something to note as you uh, go into the season. Yeah, I mean I've I've always loved Rashad Wild Goose. I think the way he plays, how physical he is as a cornerback, but also just his cover coverability both in the slot and the on the outside make him probably the most talented corner that the Badgers have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense in a lot of ways, but but really, you're right. Those three are all going to be on the field. The Badgers use nickel a hell of a lot. So um, Caesar Williams, Fan Hicks, are, are both going to be starters as well. It's just it is interesting though that those two have the or um, next to their names, and, and that Wild Goose is penciled in as a for sure guy. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch as the season goes on to see what that might change, and that'll bring us to the back end here. Free safety, probably one of the least surprising ones. Eric Burrell is your starter. Titus Toller as your backup is is noting you know uh, is is interesting to see because his emergence behind Burrell for next year. Uh, will be important, but uh, anything to make of the free safety position? No, I think we knew Burrell was going to be one of the guys, but but to see Toller, another one of those kids from the 2019 class, is 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 fun to see. All in all, the Badgers have nine freshmen in the two deep, which is quite a bit. 
Um, so I think he's another guy that from a really talented class that has already emerged and started to show that he's going to be ready to play this year. Um, probably propped up a little bit because of the absence of Reggie Pearson, but either way, that's uh, that's good to see for the, the depth of that position moving forward. All right, that'll slide us to the strong safety position where there's maybe a little surprise. Colin Wilder at listed as your one or Scott Nelson. So both of those guys will split some reps. Um, you know, with Scott Nelson coming back from injury, maybe it's not that big of a surprise, but I thought he would be your designated starter and, and Kyle Wadler would be the backup, but they've got them listed with that or, so you're just going to see, I'm guessing you'll see plenty of both uh, on Friday evening. Yeah, I would assume that you're going to see all three safeties, assuming that Nelson's healthy, but I think Colin Wilder fits more broadly what the Badgers traditionally use at that strong safety spot. Nelson's more of a free safety, so I guess it kind of makes sense that uh, he would be at the o- the or there, but, but really, I think Wilder has supposedly had a really good camp, and it's not too big of a surprise um, for them to share that role, but I think we'll definitely see all three of them in a lot, a lot of uh, game game film. All right, that rounds out the defense. We'll run through the special teams here quickly. Andy Bunovich, uh, University of Dubuque, uh, as an alum. It's nice to see him uh, get that eligibility and possibly out there, but he's got the designated or with Connor Schultling uh, at the punter position. Nice to see, but really not a lot of surprises, but we know how important the punter position can be uh, in games, and special teams is going to need to be a lot better this year than it was last year. Yeah, I'm not super thrilled to have an or for your punter. <laughs> that generally means that you don't feel uber confident in either one of the guys. Um, so I think that's a bit concerning after we saw kind of what happens when you can't catch the punt last year. Um, but either way, I think they'll be okay there. Um, Colin Larsh obviously winning the field goal job. I don't think there was much competition for that. Um, but then Jack Van Dyke get, get, getting the kickoff job is is good to see. I think that kid's got a huge leg. Yeah, that'll be interesting to know, and hopefully Lars can be a little bit more consistent this year, but uh, for right now, uh, it's going to be him as we go into the season. Long snapper, uh, without a doubt, Adam Bay. I don't think there's much to make of that. Punt returner, once again, is Jack Dunn. Um, J- Danny Davis as your backup. Um, I I don't know what to make of that. Really no changes from last year. And then kick returner, uh, Stephen Bracey and Shimre DK both, both in there. So I think if there's something to take from special teams, it's those two. Uh, speedsters getting a chance to uh, bring the ball back on the kick return. I thought maybe you'd see a guy like uh, Isaac Rendo back there with his athleticism. But I think Bracey and DK can both do some things. And to get them uh, the ball in their hands as you try to replace uh, kind of what Aaron Cruikshank brought uh, will be interesting to watch. Yeah, nice little youth movement at the kickoff return spot. I think is is exciting to see, and I'm I'm uh, ready to see what those two can bring to the table. But really, you look at the Badgers depth chart just overall. I know we're almost almost out of here, but um, those nine freshmen is pretty noteworthy. Just um, most of them are redshirt freshmen, but then you've got the Tim Radike and uh, as well as. Um, Herbig as your two freshmen that both make make it as well as Jack Van Dyke, but then also having some of your um, seniors and juniors, it's really heavy throughout the entire 
depth chart, which is usually a good sign because it means you've got a lot of good experience. So this is a year that if, if they can get some stuff on the quarterback position and running back position, I think the defense should be solid. That I think it's all going to hinge on what they can get out of the backfield. And if they can get some stuff on the backfield, they can spread the ball out to some of those wide receivers and they can make plays. This team could be pretty solid. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. You know, we're getting closer and closer to Friday night, so this will be kind of a, a good snapshot of what you'll see for game one, and it'll be interesting to look back on the original depth chart as things change and progress um, as we go later into the season. But uh, to be able to break down a depth chart, I know we sound like a broken record, but we're excited, and hopefully you guys are uh, as well for Friday night. So um, that wraps up kind of our depth chart breakdown, but we'll give you guys a little recap of what we're doing this week. So um, this episode is out on Monday the 19th. Uh, you will have an episode Wednesday breaking down the Illinois. Um, we'll have a guest from the Champagne Room, which is Illinois' SB Nation site, to give us some insight on the Fighting Illini, kind of break down uh, what went wrong for the Badgers last year and what they need to do uh, to correct that. Matt and I will talk about some of that stuff, and then uh, they'll give an insight on there. And then on Friday, like I said, we'll have pick six previews on to give kind of a preview of the Big Ten. We'll do our Big Ten predictions as well as you get ready ready for the, the Badger kickoff Friday night and the rest of the Big Ten kicking off Saturday afternoon. So three episodes to get the Big Ten uh, game week started. Uh, like I said, we're excited, and uh, we'll be back with you guys on Wednesday. And until then, on Wisconsin. <laughs> Thank you.